He said, the token, let, let, let's look at it. Genesis 17, verse 10, verse 10 and 11. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token. Very important word, token. It means proof. It means evidence of a what? Covenant. Between who? Them and God. Is that right? Now, understand, back to Romans 2, Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. He says he's not a Jew that's one outwardly, but one inwardly. Circumcision is not that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. Circumcision is of the heart and in the spirit. Now, this is important because where the mark of that covenant occurred in Genesis chapter 17 was not something that people by and large would see, but it was evidence to the person that had received the mark of, of covenant that they were in covenant with God because there was a cutting there was a circumcising that had occurred when you got born again your life was circumcised that's why the bible says old things are passed away all things have become new what happened you took off that old man with all of its old thoughts and old ways of doing and it was tossed aside and the new man was there because the covenant of circumcision had occurred Hallelujah. It's important. It, the, the reason this is so important, no, notice 1 Samuel 17, 26. 1 Samuel 17 and 26. And then we'll go to verse 36. And David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now I want you to understand something first. I will hear preachers preach from these verses, and they'll say, yep, you know, David did his part, and God directed that stone. You don't find that in the Bible anywhere. Yeah, but you know it had to happen. No, I don't, because the Bible doesn't say it. What was David depending on? What did he, what did he know was the difference between him and Goliath. I got a covenant. He doesn't. Who is that non-covenant man that he should defy the armies of the living God? In David's mind, that put him on the losing end already. People say, well, you know, uh, 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 God anointed David right then to do that. God anointed David to do that in the previous chapter. God, David killed Goliath because he was anointed to be king over God's people. That's what Saul was supposed to do. Saul was supposed to kill Goliath and he violated his covenant and wouldn't do it. And God had to bring a covenant-minded man in to get the job done. Are you, are you seeing this? Verse 11, look at, look at verse, uh, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, uh, uh, 36, verse 36. Your servant slew the lion and the bear. And notice, he didn't just say in this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine will be as one of them, seeing he's defied the armies of the living God. Do you see what made David mad? 
He's talking bad about God. He's running God down. It ought to make you covenant people upset when people say God makes people sick, God breaks people, God does bad things to people. You got a covenant with God Almighty that said He will only bless you. You will be above only and not beneath. You will only be the head and never be the tail. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see, do you see that? It, you don't have to go here. You can write it down. 1 Samuel 31, 4. When Saul had been severely wounded by the, by the archers, he asked his armor bearer, thrust me through. Why did he say? Lest these uncircumcised come. Is that right? And abuse me. Notice how he referred to them. Non-covenant people. In other words, at least if you kill me, a covenant guy killed me. Don't let the non-covenant people come and kill me. Why did God make the covenant a blood covenant? So the devil can't get in it. He doesn't have any blood. It's a blood covenant. Nobody can get into it but a blood man. Oh, Jesus. So in other words, being a son of Abraham is a spiritual matter and not a literal matter. On your heart right now, man or woman... On your heart, there's the sign of circumcision. There's the sign of where the old you was cut off and the new you started. It's proof you have a covenant with God. In, in, in Exodus 12, when he said, uh, uh, put the blood over the doorpost, and he said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Well, what was the blood a token of? He said, it will be a token on the doorpost. It's evidence or proof. That's what that word means, evidence or proof. What is it evidence or proof of? That there's covenant people in here. Psalm 91 says it this way. It says, when you abide in the secret place of the Most High God, you'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then it says around verse 10, it says, and no evil will befall you and no plague will come near your dwelling. What's the secret place? The covenant. Mm. Ephesians 2, verse 10. I'm hurrying. Notice what it says. Can we, can we look at this from the Amplified Bible, please, sir? It says, we're God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreating Christ Jesus, born anew, that we might do those good works that God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths that He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now notice this. Uh, next verse. Therefore remember that at one time you were Gentiles, heathens in the flesh, called uncircumcision by those who themselves, who called themselves circumcision, itself a mere mark in the flesh made by human hands. Remember, you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded from all part in Him, utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation, strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise, 
with no knowledge of or right in God's agreements, His covenants, and you had no hope, no promise. You were in the world without God. Should we dare read the next verse? But now in Christ Jesus. Why is in Christ so important where this covenant's concerned? To be the seed of Abraham, I have to be in the seed of Abraham. In Christ, the seed of Abraham, you who once were so far away, so far away from what? The covenants of promise. Though by in the blood, the blood of the second covenant, by in the blood of Christ have been brought near. Near to what? The covenant. Glory to God. And that's the picture that we have, I won't have you go there, in Matthew 15, 24 through 28, when the woman came to Jesus that we talked about earlier. This is a picture of us before Christ, the devil holding us in bondage, destroying our lives. Yet we heard of Jesus. We placed our faith in Jesus, and we were brought into the covenant with the rights of the children. This woman, even before the new covenant blood was shed, tapped into the covenant of promise of healing by faith. That's a picture of you and I. We had no right to anything as a Gentile, but we came and we believed in our heart. What happened when you believed in your heart? Your heart was circumcised. The mark of covenant came. When you believed in your heart, then what did you do? You confessed with your mouth that what? Jesus was your Lord. Who is Jesus? The seed of Abraham. If the seed of Abraham is your Lord and you are God's son, you are the seed of Abraham. One last verse, Romans 8. Oh, Jesus. I've done it. I... I don't know, I preached myself happy an hour ago. Mm. Romans 8, 15. Romans 8, 15. Romans 8, 15. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy God. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so be we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. We are joint heirs with Christ, son of Abraham. In order to be brought into the covenant, we had to be made family. He's not a Jew that's one outwardly, but one inwardly. Circumcision is that, not that of the flesh, but of the heart. We've been adopted into the family. We're no longer strangers to the covenants of promise. Mm. Say it out loud. I have a covenant. See, we, we came all the way through those verses to get you here. You have a covenant. It's not God's covenant with somebody else. It's God's covenant with you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Say it one more time. Say, I have a covenant. Say it out loud. I have a covenant. Oh, hallelujah. That, that's a requirement for strong faith. A requirement for strong faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you make that decision, when you make that decision, I, I, I am a covenant man. 
I'm a covenant woman. I have a covenant with Almighty God. Almighty God swore in blood that surely blessing he would bless me, multiplying he would multiply me. He'd bless me and make my name great. My enemies are his enemies. Changes. Here's what it does. Closes the book. That's it. Nothing more to say. Mmm. That's good. I stand on your feet. Praise God. I better get you out of here.